Hey, church family, Pastor Mike here with episode three of our Church at Bergen podcast, also known as the Cab Podcast. And I'm going to be sharing with you guys a recording of a conversation that I had with a special guest on the topic of a sabbatical that I'm going on the middle part of the summer. And the best part of this conversation that I had is not that you get to hear from me, but that you get to hear from the special guest, which, spoiler alert, is my wife, Karen. And while we did discuss some of the details and logistics of the sabbatical, we spent the majority of our time opening up about what the past couple of years have been like for us since I assumed leadership of the church back in 2020. And this really is going to be the first time that we kind of pull back the curtain, if you will, on what it's been like and how we are doing and how the sabbatical is going to serve us for the sake of our long-term health here at CAB, but also how it's going to serve the long-term health of the entire church, too. And our hope in doing this, in pulling back the curtain, is to provide some context for you guys to help you understand why we're going on this sabbatical. And we also hope that it helps you understand how you can pray for us and come alongside of us in the future. Uh, And so I hope this conversation with my wife is as much of an encouragement to you as it was to me. You might hear some noise in the background. Please excuse that. That is the dishwasher in the background as we were just putting the kids down to sleep and washing the dishes as we were recording this. But you guys are very gracious, so thanks for overlooking that. Well, let's not waste any more time. Here is the recording of my conversation with my wife, Karen. Enjoy. The special guest here is here with me now, and uh, I'm going to give her the opportunity to introduce herself right now. So, Hi, my name is Karen McKinney, otherwise known as Mike's wife. And uh, a lot of you guys might, uh, some of you guys may know her pretty well, but many of you may not know my wife that well. So I thought it'd be great for you guys to hear just a little bit about who she is. And, uh, you know, this is not a podcast about her life. But before we get into the topic of my sabbatical, uh, it'd be, I thought it'd be great for Karen to just give you guys a, a Cliff Notes version of who she is. So Karen, why don't you tell those who are listening just a, a little bit about uh, yourself, your upbringing, your family life, and some of your experiences uh, leading up to today. Sure. So I am also not a native of New Jersey, um, did not grow up here. Um, so we've been here now for almost, I think, like 11 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still getting used to New Jersey, New Jersey culture. I still don't know the best beach to go to down the shore. <laughs> um, like all those like little nuances that you learn growing up in a place. Um, we don't have that here. I um Moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my parents, my parents are from New Jersey originally, but then they were missionaries in Costa Rica for twelve years, and then my dad um, was a um, Christian counselor. And just because of being in the ministry, we moved around a lot. So I've lived in Pennsylvania. I've lived in Miami. I, yeah. I, my main growing up years was in Florida um, and then went to school, um, went to Wheaton College outside of Chicago. Um, which is where we met. Which is where we met. I, I played soccer there. Mike played football there. That's kind of how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two brothers and a sister. Um, my 
one brother lives in Florida and then the other two are here and my parents are in this area. Uh, we have four kids. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I've been a nurse for 12 years now. Um, you're, I love you're it. You're kind of known as like the, the, the church of Bergen, like a labor and delivery nurse, like anybody who has, is about to have a baby, they kind of come to you for questions, yes, which that's you, totally fine. She's yes, totally I love it. You can come to me. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm an expert, maybe not an expert, but I know what I'm talking no, about. Yes, yes, you're an expert. Definitely, um, sure. So I love um, my job. I love my kids. Um, and you're, I only you're... work part time. So I have the best of both worlds where I get to a little reprieve from being home. I get to go to work. Um, yeah, when you come home from work, you're definitely... Uh, peppy and you like to see the kids for sure yes i've had adult <laughs> conversations all day so it's great um and your 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 dad um was a pastor he's actually a pastor at hotham gospel church yes so pastor there yep so i've been a missionary kid i've been a pastor's kid mm-hmm. i've seen a lot in churches yes and we'll, we'll uh comment on that later briefly yes i'm no stranger to the church Yes, the good, the bad, and the all in between, and the, and the ugly, all different shades. Yes, uh, in between there. Yeah, so that's a little bit about Karen. So let's get right into it. What is a sabbatical? And before I answer that question, I think it's important to say what a sabbatical is not. A sabbatical is not a vacation. So it is not just a really long, extended vacation where pastors and their families just go to beaches and and enjoy the sunset and sip on pina coladas. Uh, it's not kind of the, what the, the essence of what a sabbatical is. But it's an extended season of spiritual renewal and rest for a pastor and uh, his family if he has one. And the time can, be, can vary based upon um, what is needed, what the elders can approve, or how long he has been a pastor. But that's, that's basically what a, a sabbatical is. It's, it's, a, it's a time for the pastor to step away from all the demands of ministry and the spiritual weight that he ha- carries on his shoulders and also the, the ways in which it, it, it presses upon the family as well. All right, so one of the things I wanted to ask is... And I, I thought it'd be helpful to, to go into this is why we're having you, Karen, join me on a sabbatical, on a podcast related to my <clears throat> sabbatical. So, you know, why, what's the point of featuring you on a podcast? It's about my sabbatical. So someone asked you like, you know, why, why were you featured in that? What would you say is why it's, it's important for you to be featured on something like this? Well, because it's not just you, it's both of us. Um, And I was talking with um, our counselor, Steve, and we both, Steve is our longtime counselor, I guess long time now, it's been, you've been seeing him for four years. Yeah, I started back in like, I think 2019. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I started started talking to Steve two years ago, so. Yeah. Um, So he... I see him every six weeks. You see him about like every six weeks. Then we like a couple's one. Yeah. So he just kind of is a good gauge for us. Mm -hmm. So he was the one who actually brought it up to me. He said, well, actually this isn't just Mike's sabbatical. This is your sabbatical as well. I said, Hmm, interesting. (laughs) I like where you're going with this, Steve. Um, so that's why, because of Steve, (laughs) we asked him to put together like questions for us to work through. Um, 
as we are as you take the sabbatical. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, pastoral ministry it's it's not just it doesn't just affect the pastor; it affects the the family and the children. And there's a major aspect of remaining healthy and qualified as a pastor that that the man's um, his spiritual life is not only healthy and vital, but his his marriage and his family are, are doing well. Uh, so so this this really is also for Karen too. So let's get into the idea of pastors, why they should go on sabbaticals, especially some of you are are in professions where sabbatical is not even a possibility. It's just completely out of the question. So, and I'm sure you could be like, well, I would love to go on a sabbatical. You know, why, what's up with pastors? Why do, why, what makes them so special? Why do they get to go on sabbaticals? So I have a few reasons here. First things first is pastors do not have to go on a sabbatical. It is not a biblical requirement. It's not like a scriptural mandate, but it is a matter of wisdom. And so it is wise for um, elders to uh, free their pastors up from time to time to step away for the sake of their spiritual health and rest. And, and what it does, it, it, it invests in their ability to serve long-term as a pastor. So they don't have to, but it is wise. A couple other reasons. Pastors are teachers and students. So if you notice, there's sometimes professors will go on sabbaticals as well. And so there's a lot of things that pastors and professors do that are similar. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of output, giving out, you know, um, pouring things out of their minds and their hearts into people to, to learn and to receive and, and to grow. But uh, in order to continue to be a wellspring of knowledge and wisdom and um, a source of of, uh, of, su- of substance for the people who are underneath their tutelage, you might say. That might not be the right word. I don't know why I said that. Uh, underneath their, their learning and their teaching, uh, they have to, from time to time, be able to get away and really invest in their own education, their own enrichment. Uh, and so it is good for pastors to have a time to focus on a deeper topic. Uh, so this is why I said... Um, Sabbaticals are not a vacation. Um, so it's, for example, like I'm not just going to be hanging out with the family and, and just relaxing. I will have some regular rhythms of study and reading specifically related towards my own enrichment and things that are going to help me to become a better pastor, better teacher, a better thinker for your sake. So you can see how it's coming full circle. It's not just for me and my family. It's also for the sake of the church as well. Uh, another reason, pastors have a unique spiritual weight and responsibility. There's an additional element. There's a spiritual dynamic to pastoral ministry that isn't necessarily uh, a part of other professions. It doesn't mean that pastors have a, you know, that we're, we're special. Or, but uh, there, is a, there is a dynamic where, I think, Karen, you've, you've said it before, where like, we've talked about this before, like in other jobs, like if, if your personal life and your family life or your health is not doing great, but as long as you're crushing your job, and you're doing awesome at your profession, you know, you're fine. Uh, Whereas in the pastoral ministry, if a pastor's, the church is thriving and he's, he's just killing it in the pulpit and the church is growing and the staff is thriving and everyone's great and happy in the church, but his family life is suffering or he himself is not healthy. uh, He's not fit to be a pastor. Uh, And so what sabbaticals do is it creates regular times for pastors to make sure that their public ministry and their private ministry, there's integrity there. Um, 
And then last but not least, pastors are always on. There's an aspect of pastoral ministry. You're, you're, there's, it's always happening at any moment. Um, ministry can, can kind of intrude and, and may, may call upon you to, to step away from your family and attend to, to needs or difficulties. And this kind of relates to uh, even just coming to church. Um, so one of the things I'm going to ask Karen about a little bit is like, what's it like being a pastor's wife? literally coming to church. I thought it'd be helpful for, for you guys just to hear from Karen. Karen, what, what is it like um, being a pastor's wife on Sundays and how can a, a sabbatical really um, help and serve you in something like that? Well, I think a lot has to, it also intertwines with um, the season of life that we are still in with young kids. Um, our kids are nine, six, five, and two, and especially the two-year-old. Um, you've been a pastor now for seven years, I think uh-huh. we said, um, almost three years now as a lead pastor. And um, so I've been in the season of having little kids that whole time. Um, and I think one of the hardest parts of being in ministry is that we just don't have a Sabbath. Um, that's just kind of comes with the job. And even like as much as you would could try to make another day a like Sabbath. Like a Saturday or something. It just doesn't work. Which uh, we, it's just we, not the same. Yeah, we do do that, but it's, it's yeah. It's, yeah, it's like even if like you took off Monday, it's like the kids all go to school still. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just not like we just like get back into our routine or yep my schedule with work. It's just not the same thing as all going to church together as a family. Cause um, it's supposed to be the time where you are, you're literally, you know, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. And that's a time on, on in corporate worship where you come to literally be, be essentially receive the rest of Jesus. And, uh, it's challenging. It's not impossible, but it's, it's challenging as a pastor for a pastor and his family to do that on Sundays. Yeah, so we just don't have that. Like, Sunday is not a family day for us. Like, we don't go to church together. Like, typically, you leave at 7, and then I um, I get the kids ready by myself, which, you know, it gets easier as they get older. Um, like, getting them ready out the door, it's – there are many tears. <laughs> <laughs> lost, lost, uh, lost socks, one shoe here, one, one shoe not there. Yes. Despising of the pancakes that you make. Yeah, as uh-huh. you know, and I've it's funny because like I've read all the books, I've listened to all the podcasts by like other pastors' wives, and like they give good tips, and I've tried like all the tips, and sometimes they work, and yes. you know, it's just like you just really have to get through it. Yeah, so there's, there's actually been times where you're like, you're like, all right, this time I'm just I'm gonna do it, and then like yeah, as I said, like the pancakes, you like make fun pancakes, and they just they don't want pancakes, and it just like, yeah, we don't just... do pancakes on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. it does not work. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I think that is the, probably the most difficult part is just not having like that Sunday, that Sabbath together. Um, I think it's mainly the, like we just say that Sunday is our Monday and I, we're seven years in. So like that's routine for us now. But um, like there are definitely times where I wish that, you know, like we could go to church together and yeah. like somebody could help me with the kids. Um, and sometimes we'll do like if I'm like on Mother's Day. I, I, her her uh, first Mother's Day gift was I was just going to go to church with them and come home with with them and it was really nice, 
and if like you know if someone else is preaching if jordan or peter or eric is preaching i'll, I'll try to um, be as, as present as I, I can be. But even still, like you walk into church and it's like, you're the lead pastor, you know, and that's not, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. That's just, that's just yeah, part of Yeah, people just my, need to talk to you. Yeah, and, and, and we're okay with that. Um, but it does, it does create some challenges for us on, on Sunday. So, so that's, that's why pastors should go on sabbatical. And what I'm going to talk to you now about is why are the McKinney's going on sabbatical? And this is where we're going to get a little bit into just the past couple of years since I took over as lead pastor, um, functioning as lead pastor in September 2020. And so it's been now, it's almost been three years. I can't believe that. It's so crazy. But um, typically pastors go on sabbatical, lead pastors go on sabbatical after they've been uh, in their their role for like seven years or so. So here I am. It hasn't even been three years and I'm going on sabbatical. Like what's up with that? Um, so we do want to address that. So it's been uh, seven years now for um, for me in ministry, but three years I've been functioning, almost three years now I've been functioning as lead pastor. But within those three years, um, it has been been in a very intense three years. I was listening to another pastor. He talked about it as, he called it CPR. And that is C stands for COVID, P stands for political tension, and R stands for race tensions. And uh, this has ripped some churches apart, divided some churches, it's created a lot of stress and conflict within churches. Um, And so I've I've even seen that since last summer and this summer, there is a massive um, trend in pastors, especially in the Acts 29 network that I'm a part, that we're a part of. I've seen pastors going on sabbatical left and right just because of the past couple of years. Now, what's interesting about what about our experience is our church, we had we didn't just go through CPR. Uh, we also went through a in the middle of it of it all as we were coming out of COVID and starting to regather. We went through a uh, traumatic and abrupt and drastic leadership transition where I had to step in um, and and it was really hard. It was it was very disorienting, not only for us, but even for the church as well. There was hurt. There was confusion. There was, um, you know, trust was broken. And and so there was a lot of damage control. And um, and I, I had to step in and into that role and, and function uh, as lead pastor when I had never done that before. But uh, some people don't know this. Uh, Karen, you can step, you know, chime in here. But... So we weren't just dealing with the CPR and the leadership transition at our church, but we personally were going through a massive amount of transition. So you want to share kind of what we were um, experiencing on that front? Yeah, so we were actually under contract in, um, with the house that we're in now right before COVID hit, and then everything got put on hold, and then we sold our house. Um, fast forward, we sold our house in June. We closed on this house in August. Um and then we needed to renovate the whole house. So we were living with my aunt and uncle in Ramsey, renovating this house. Um, I was also homeschooling the kids because of COVID. Uh, we weren't sure if the schools were gonna shut down again and we just didn't want them to be on Zoom. So we decided to homeschool. Um, so we homeschooled, we were living with my aunt and uncle, we were <laughs> renovating, and I was pregnant with Bodhi. Yeah. So all of the life oh, transitions, wow that are stressful were happening all at once. And then um, everything that happened with the church mm-hmm. on top of it all. And so even, even me personally, I, I was, I was also on top of that. I was going through a job transition and, and I've, I've heard from people before that like, it's like the top, I think the top three most 
um, stressful life <clears throat> transitions are like moving, job transition, <laughs> job transition, and having a baby, and having a baby. <laughs> and we were going through all three of those at once: a major transition in our church and CPR. Uh, so, well, I have only been lead pastor now for almost three years. I, I have talked to others who are more experienced, and they, and they have said, "Yes, it's only been about three now, but." it's been what you've experienced in the past two and a half, three years is, is the equivalent of essentially like a decade of, of ministry. It's been a, a very the fast forward track. Yeah. It was just the very, very, uh, intense. It's like, instead of having like watered down coffee, you're just having like a triple shot of espresso reduced. Um, so that was, that's been the past few years. And, and then also, it wasn't just that. It wasn't like, oh, we went through a major transition, but okay, you know, we, we figured it out and we're good. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of post fallout from the, the transition that we went through. And, um, you know, I, I shared this with some people before, but I, ha- I had, when we went through the transition we did at our church, I, as quickly as I could, I, I reached out to a lot of seasoned pastors and some, even some big names um, I, re- I reached out to a guy who, um, went through, who went through exactly what I went through. And he actually met with Mark Dever, uh, who's the, you know, nine marks ministry, very well known in, in, in the, the larger ch- the church at large. And, uh, he had said that whenever a church goes through specifically what we went through, that, um, you're, you're naturally, it's, it's just inevitable. Uh, at least 25% of the church is going to, to just leave because it's just, it, it's too much to handle. And so they'll go to another church. Uh, but it's not just what well, that first quick exodus, then what will proceed is for the next year, sometimes a year and a half, even two, there's like a slow trickle of people who begin to, to just slowly kind of like, you know, they just, they don't want to stick it out or they think it's, it's just, they'd like rather just go to a different church. And uh, not only that, but uh, because of all the uprooting of, of what COVID did and everything, people were moving left and right. I feel like we were saying goodbye to people, people that we loved all the time. They were just moving, going to, the, to Florida, South Carolina, Texas, all, all over the place. And um, so just people were, there was just so much transition. What, what would you say that was like? It, it was like, here we are, we're, we're like, we're in the church and we're not going anywhere. And right before our eyes. It's just this constant movement of people coming and going. Yeah, there was like, there are several things at play. One with the transition, we were dealing with just a lot of um, grief ourselves um, over like a lot of loss of friendships, community. Um, And then on top of that, we did feel very strongly that it was what the Lord wanted you to do. Um, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a tough tension. Yes. It was a, it was a clear, like, it was very clear. I know this is what you even affirmed that. Yeah. So we never questioned that, but I think we needed that very strong, like calling because then it got so hard so fast that you had to just like hold on to that for like for dear life. Um, and I, I can, I can confidently say I've told this to a number of people before I've never, I've never thought about quitting. I've never felt that. Um, it could be just my personality, but I did feel like whenever I, I stepped in and was appointed as lead pastor, it, I, since that, no matter how hard it got, there was never a point where I was like, I think I think I 
I don't think I'm fit for this or I, I think I should quit. And it's, and a lot of it has just been knowing, just having a confidence and that I know this is what the God wants me to do. And you also supporting me in that care. Yeah. And like we have, yeah, I just like the, the call was so evident from the Lord and like, we won't get into that here, but um, like for us, like we knew. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so, and then it was one thing to know that that could happen, like all the people leaving, but then when you experience it, it's totally different. I think the hard part was that that we're human too and that we have emotions and um you knew it was coming and a lot of a lot of the transition happened as good as it could possibly go and but you're still you're still um we're human and it's still human yeah it still hurt yeah and so there was there was like kind of that you didn't expect um the ways in which the the relational um because church is so it's so the church is the people and so when when you're so connected to people relationally and then you go through this massive constant transition it's it's it has an effect on your just your your emotional health because we were wired to to be in it in it for the long haul with people and to go deep with people and so that that major transition made that hard and went in against that the very fiber in which god has has wired us to be so let me just um, so that that has been um, what the past couple of years has been like, you know, for us. And um, I haven't said I didn't say this. I was going to say this at the beginning, but the elders, all the elders, um, were a part of this with me, and and, and seeing this and and aware of this, and um, this the sabbatical, this the idea for me going on a sabbatical. This is kind of the context, but the idea was not originally proposed by me. Um, one of one of your elders, your faithful <laughs> elders, um, just knew that how important it is for pastors to get rest, and they they had seen just how intensely I'd been running for the past few years, and they said, "Hey guys, we've we've got to figure out a way to to let Mike and his and his family just um, get some rest before before they continue to to press on for." for many years to come with church at Bergen. And so I'm very thankful, um, to, to the elders for proposing this. Um, and they proposed it and I gladly accept it. Yeah. And it's been, it's been, I've been really thankful for it and, uh, we're, we're doing well, you know, this is not like a, you know, behind closed doors. We're not like our marriage isn't falling apart and I'm not questioning my call to the ministry. This genuinely is, Hey, we're just going to get out. We're just going to, we're going to get out far ahead of this before anything does happen and so it's more preemptive uh rather than i don't know the word is like i'm not being rescued from from something you know terrible going on but um i guess how do you think care um the sabbatical will serve you and what are you looking most what are you most looking forward to uh on the sabbatical well i think something that we spoke about earlier, just Sabbath, um, is actually being able to have Sunday be a family day for us. Mm-hmm. I think that will be very healthy for us. Um, being able to go to church together with the kids, um, I think that will also just be very healthy. And then I think the biggest thing that we've talked about is just having you... Um, mentally yes like your mental time back Mm -hmm. 
just because it's been all it's been all consuming for the past I wouldn't I don't even want to say three years because there's definitely been like a lot like a reprieve since I even since this year started 2023 but prior to that it's just been just this all-consuming I mean I was thinking about it the other day 2020 happened and then you became the lead pastor and then you did a new vision series you appointed deacons you brought on two new elders anything else in three years uh yeah i mean went through some staff transition staff transitions um yeah like that's a lot yeah it was a lot definitely for sure and i was doing seminary and finishing seminary finishing seminary so um yeah, I think just to uh, also give some give the give the the listeners uh, a tangible example, like for example, like when our fourth child was born. Oh yes, um, so a tangible example of this being all consuming is when Bodhi was born. I I was trying to remember. I think he was born on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, did you preach that Sunday? I don't remember. No, I think Peter did because Peter was on vacation and they had to come home. I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do. Um, Raquel you, can attest to this. Yes, Rachelas, we love you. Yes, but um, yeah, but Mike didn't take one day off no. after I had Bodhi, I'm and to admit it. yeah, I think I like just. Uh, I think I actually brought that up in counseling, and I like didn't. It was one of those things where like he had asked me a question. I think I was. I was like, wait, really? No, I did. I, I, yeah, and I, I didn't did. even know that I was still. I was like still mulling over that and like very angry. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so like that like, and it it was fine at the time because I knew it was what needed to be done, and you know like that's the type of person I am. I'm like you know you put your head down and you work. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's what needed to be done. But then in retrospect, it's like, no, like that's like, that's like time you never get back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just like for him to have the mental space, like for our family again. Yeah. I think another thing you had said that you're looking forward to is just us having time to, to step away and really dream about what the Lord would want for us and the church. Um, because we just kind of stepped in and just started running with, with the church and, um, you know, a lot of times when, when people plant churches, they, there's been, there's been years of incubating and dreaming and vision and we you know, what are we going to do? This is going to be great. And, and we just kind of got thrown right into the fire and, um, and the Lord's really sustained us. And I still, I still want to be in ministry and still want to be a pastor, but, uh, that's been God's grace. I mean, it really is. It is, uh, it is a miracle, but all right. So just last couple things and we'll wrap it up here. Uh, when are we going on sabbatical? Uh, so just just for your guys, uh, just for clarity here. My last day preaching is Sunday, June 25th. And uh, then after that, my next day preaching back will be Sunday, August 13th. Now, my, my official workday returning will be uh, Monday, August 7th. But um, I'll preach 25th, and then you guys won't, I won't be back in the pulpit until the 13th. So it's going to be about seven weeks. Uh, originally, it was just going to be the month of July, a month. And I, I got a lot of counsel from other pastors and they suggest they had said that, that four weeks is just not enough. Um, it just takes more time than that to really take advantage of, of the sabbatical. So that's when we're going to be doing it. What are we going to be doing? Uh, so just kind of two buckets. One is personal. One is family. Uh, the personally, I'm going to be focusing on my health and all three dynamics of physical health, spiritual health, educational health. 
Um, so, I mean, Karen and I, we, we value taking care of ourselves just physically, but I want to just go to some doctors and just make sure everything's okay inside of me and see if there's anything that I could be improving on for the long haul, long-term health. Uh, Paul the Apostle says that uh, you know, physical training is of some value. And so we do want to um, derive the value that is there. Uh, spiritual health, uh, as I said, you know, sabbaticals are not vacations. So I, the weeks that I, we are not going on vacation. So like there's at the beginning, we're going to be going with, go away with uh, Karen's family for about a week. And then we're going to be going on a road trip to Oklahoma. That'll be really fun um, to see my family. But, but all the weeks in between, I, I worked out a, a modest and, and realistic rhythm and schedule for me to spend time in prayer and study. And I've got educationally, uh, educational health, I've got a stack of books, some books on culture, some books on uh, identity and gender issues, um, some books on worldview, apologetics, uh, prayer books. Uh, just I really, really want to invest in myself, uh, which will then in turn bless you guys. So focus on my health, my family. Uh, as I said, we're going to be going away just for a couple weeks, but uh, I promised Karen, and I'm looking forward to this. I've been taking her on a date night once a week, so that'll be great. Uh, and then also, I'm going to be playing with my kids every day. I promised them I would play every day. I would play, and I would play with them at least the length of a Bluey episode. And if you have little kids, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so play with my kids, uh, invest in my wife, and invest in my health, spiritually, physically, and educationally. Uh, we're, as I also said, we're going to um, dream and pray about the future of church at Bergen. And um, I, we had talked about going to church together as a family. So... Those seven weeks, um, Karen and I will not be attending Church of Bergen. We'll be attending other churches. And we said the, the point of that is for us to be able to walk into a church as a family and not literally not be the pastor and the pastor's wife there. But just, just simply go, check our kids in together, sit down, hear the word of God together, worship together, and then leave together as a church, as a family. Uh, so that'll be really good for us. Uh, what's happening in the church while we're gone? Uh, the elders are stepping up huge. You guys can pray for them. Um, they're going to be preaching uh, a couple of, a few of the Sundays. The elders will be stepping in to preach. And there's also a couple of um, Sundays that you're going to be hearing some some guest preachers. And a couple of them you've heard before. They're, they're pastors that we support. So, for example, one of them is Eddie Zaldana that we recently started supporting. Iglesia Angelo. Uh, he's going to be preaching again. And then also you guys can start praying for uh, Brother Dave Levesque. Um, Dave Levesque is going to be preaching one Sunday in July. And so just be praying for him. He has aspirations to preach and to teach. And he has been a part of our teaching group that happens every other Monday night. And he's really been growing and he's working on this sermon right now. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, prayer will continue as usual uh, on Tuesday nights, except for Tuesday, July 4th. That's the 4th of July, Tuesday. Uh, but at, business will be continuing on as usual. I just won't be there every Sunday preaching. Uh, so it, it will feel very much like uh, the church is, is just running on its own. So that's uh, kind of some of the logistics. Last question, and then we'll just wrap it up here, is, uh, Care, how do you think the church can, can pray, for, pray for us uh, on this sabbatical? What are ways they can specifically pray for us? Well, I'll reference Steve again. <laughs> Maybe someday you guys will meet Steve. Um, he says we're on the path to being healthy, but not fully fully healthy so i think for that um that we are fully healthy healed whole Mm -hmm. um and then just that we have the mental 
space to be able to back away and reflect and just think about what we want, I don't know, ministry to look like mm-hmm. the next, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. For Church of Bergen. For Church of Bergen. Yeah, this is not, as you had said earlier, this is not one of those sabbaticals where, you know, we we come back and we're like, oh, yeah, it's, it, I think we're just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have every intention of, of returning and, and pouring ourselves out for, for you guys. So, well, love you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, please be praying for us. Looking forward to um, going on this sabbatical. And love you guys. Love pastoring you. Be blessed. Bye. Well, that's all we have for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I did want to take some time to conclude this episode by saying how grateful my wife and I are for each of you, especially those who have persevered with us, those of you who have endured with us, those who have prayed for us. And I have to admit, even those of you who have bared with me as I have had to learn and grow in humility and wisdom and experience as the lead pastor of this church over the years. And so from the bottom of my heart, from our hearts, we say thank you. But most of all, we are grateful to the Lord Jesus Christ and his grace. He has been the greatest of friends. He has stuck closer than a brother. And he has literally sustained and carried this church. And it is the miraculous grace of God that has sustained us this far. And so we have to be completely grateful to him for all that he has done. And I could not think of a better person to express that gratitude that we feel towards Jesus than Marvin Sapp in his famous song, Never Would Have Made It. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now see how you were there for me and I can say never would have made it never could have made it without you I would have lost it all but now I see how you were there for me and I can say I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better.